boys and girls all over the world Tune that dial in To the show where the hosts put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin Cause it's movie night and the time is right To kick back and let go If you're in the mix and you like good flicks Then you came to the wrong show It's the Weekly Watch Wheel It's the Weekly Watch Wheel With Matt, Jimmy, and Shanley There's nothing quite like a good theme song And that's what we have Right here, wherever we is. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Watch Wheel, where we'll watch a movie. My name is Matt, and I am here with my good friend, Shanley. Shanley, how the heck are you? I am doing so well. Yeah, you have a good day today? Yeah, I had a pretty good day. I had a good baby. Got nice. some coffee. I am ready. Nice. How long ago did you have coffee? A few hours ago. That's gonna really hold on. Yeah, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it does, but I'm feeling good. Awesome. We're also here with Jimmy. Jimmy, what's up, yo? James, I'm good. We're doing a rebrand. Rebrand. Um, I'm with cool. James, Jimmy, and Shanley. I'm doing all right. Do you have an okay day today? I had a pretty fine day today. Cool. What'd you do? I don't know. I think I went and got breakfast. Cool. Uh. Other stuff. I don't know. Whatever. That's the kind of quality content you can expect from the Weekly Watch Wheel, the most accessible podcast <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> Woo! But it's not just us here today, you guys. Nope. We have a guest in the house. We do. It's three-time returning guest, our friend Ariel. What up, Ariel? No way. Number three. No, is this number four? She's on three times. Well, there was her selection episode. There was the time when we called her to talk to her about the Disneyland trip. Oh. And then I think this one. I think that this, this makes her third so one. So number wow. three. Wow. You are our second highest frequenting host, guest host, aside from me. Nice. I'm not a permanent part of the cast list here. I'm just kind of trying to see it through. Mm. You know? mm. How are you doing today, Ariel? I'm doing good. We went for breakfast today and it was super good. Oh, my God. Right. I was going to say it, but I didn't want to say it. Say it. No, Jimmy, you say it. Say it. No. What do you we, say, Ariel? We were having such a lovely time. Mm-hmm. And then this um, older gentleman walked in. And he had a... A maybe, stank. Yeah. <laughs> that stank stank. It was not great. He cleared out the restaurant. I've never seen this yeah. happen in real life before. Literally, he walked in... And everyone else left. Wow. Uh, it was powerful. He didn't even sit close to us. It was rough, dude. And halfway through mm-hmm. our meal, I was facing the window, and I saw him crossing the street. And I was like, oh, this guy looks like a real character, were my exact words. And I don't know if either of you saw I who I was referring you. to. I Yeah, I saw and heard. But I said that, and then he walked off somewhere. And then we forgot about him. And then he came in, and I said, oh, no. And I don't know how I knew just from looking at him, but when he entered the building, it was a challenge to the senses. Were you able to continue eating? I literally had two bites left. I shoveled them in my face and then said, okay, we have to check now, please. And was just ready to bolt. Yeah. I was a little hungover this morning, so that smell was terrible. And I could not eat. I had to pack everything up and go. Yeah, Ariel asked for a box. (laughs) (laughs) I think Shanley powered through. Yeah. Oh, I did. I felt like I couldn't smell him as much when I had the food immediately in my face. 
So I just yeah. kept shoveling it in. Did you put your COVID mask on and then just kind of pour your food through the top <laughs> slit? No. You should have done that. Oh, it it was it was pretty rough. It yeah. was very rough, was, dude. I've never been yeah. like, oh, I can't eat because it stinks in here until mm. that happened. Okay. He reminded me a lot of like the guy from Peanuts, the stinky kid in class. Pigpen. Yep. Okay. It was crazy, man. We were like 25 feet from this guy when he sat down. Yeah, and the smell just in, was increasing and increasing. It's wow. like it's like if he was sitting at the refrigerator. We, the all, look, we all looked toward the refrigerator. <laughs> that, that's, why, that's why the podcast went silent for a second. The listener knows. We're very dumb people. Listener, wherever you are listening right now, think of the nearest refrigerator. That's how far away this guy was. That was pretty far. It could be. They could be at the refrigerator. Well... That's all done now, because we are here in the wheelhouse where things smell delicious. And that's that's what really matters. And we're here together, sharing this experience. Um, we had a spin this week. Jimmy, you were the spinner. But before we get into that, I, I want to announce a, a promotion. I didn't tell you about this, Shanley, or you, Ariel. Um, so It's a sweepstakes. this out there. It's a sweepstakes. You ever sweep up some steaks? You know, I've never had the opportunity. Well, this might be your opportunity. You've never swept steak? Uh-uh. We have a lot of awesome listeners. We really do, and it's we really appreciate their, their patronage, I guess. If you listen to this podcast, we would love it if you could review our podcast on whatever your listening platform is. Uh, if you leave a review for us and say something about the show, we'll reach back out to you and give you an opportunity to come up with a category, and we'll throw it on our wheel. Oh, that's so cute. I like that. Yeah, so leave us a review. You can also email us at, is it weeklywatchreel at gmail.com or is it the weekly watch? Yeah. Go ahead, do both. Throw both in there. <laughs> CC it. BCC one another. And um, let us know who you are and let us know what your category you want to throw on the wheel. And this is a great opportunity for us to get to know some of our other listeners. And maybe some of our listeners will end up on this podcast like Ariel. Woo! I just looked it up. It is weeklywatchwheel at gmail.com. Dang. She's good. She so is fast. Good. She's really good. That's why she's the host. That's why she is. And we appreciate that she lets us come on this show from time. You're welcome, to time. Guys. Thank you. Well, Jimmy, you were the last spinner. What did you done spin and what did you done choose? Uh, roll the dice. Dice gave us some suggestions. We watched Small Soldiers. Hmm tale of a young man whose father owns a store that they just opened because they just moved to this town and yet it's the oldest store that's ever existed uh-huh. <laughs> i had so, so many questions, many questions. Yeah. And, yeah. Thank you. um he, he's like disappointed in how boring his dad is and his dad's businesses and how unsuccessful it is so he cons a delivery man into giving him some toys that his father would not approve of and it ends up backfiring and shenanigans ensue. It wouldn't be a weekly watch wheel choice if shenanigans ensued not. Yes. <laughs> do you do you guys have any experience with this movie? Did you grow up with this movie? I watched it, but I didn't remember it very well. 
I watched it and I thought it was called Little Tiny Soldiers. Yes. Yeah, he kept adding Actually, a lot yeah. of synonyms on top of that. <laughs> Little Tiny Toy Soldiers. <laughs> Every time we told you that you were wrong, <laughs> instead of changing the title, you just added extra words to it. It was incredible. Well, that could have been right eventually. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't though. <laughs> it really wasn't. But I'm sorry. So you did grow up with it. You didn't know what the title was. Did you yeah, remember I did. it? Yeah, I remembered it. And it's a... Except I didn't remember the Barbie part until I started watching it, and then I was like, oh, I do remember this now. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's a good part. What about what about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I loved this movie growing up. Really? We all rewatched it this time around. I'm glad we got to do that. Be- before we get into this, I want to see if I can maybe get Dice on the line. I'm going to try to give him a call. Last time we did this, he didn't answer, so let's see what happens. Oh, you got screened. And- got ghosted in his defense he was in another country at the time preparing to propose uh, to his girlfriend okay but he was no, also like count. a two-hour drive from us it's not like he was in a different country super also far away. is canada a different country it's a different world i appreciate andrew i'm sorry i couldn't get your <laughs> call but if you leave your name number and a message i'll get back to you as soon as i can thanks he doesn't sound like how i remember him no no and if you leave a review for our podcast we will give you dice's phone number <laughs> So you can try contacting him and leave him a voicemail, too. <laughs> okay. Well, Jimmy, this was your choice. So how do you want to begin with this? I feel like there's a few different stories to talk about. Okay. Okay. So I, I would say this movie is broken up into story number one is about a company adapting uh, to mm-hmm. their new like tech giant corporate ownership right and and how they handle that and like impressing their boss and keeping their jobs and also dealing with their own ambition as they have more access to more resources to improve what they do already okay so that's one story the next story is about a struggling family business and how that's tied into their family life Mm -hmm. and um the dynamic between a father and son who Mm. ultimately want the same thing but see the world through different lenses. And unfortunately, they're in a movie that's coming out in the 90s, so there has to be some relational tension between the two of them. Yes. And then I think the third story is between the uh, Gorgonites and the Commando Elite, who are fighting a war that they didn't even... they're They're just there. Like They didn't decide to be enemies. It's just what they were forced into. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching the tragedy of that unfold. Wow. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to go into each of those or break them down one at a time? Yeah, I like that idea. I think that's a great idea. Hey, you're the guest here, so which one do you want to talk about first? Um, I would... they all kind of take over the entire course of the film. So I want to really talk about the main kid in this. Alan. Alan Abernathy. Alan. Alan, now shut up. <laughs> yeah. But because um I thought he looked like a nerd and then it turns out that he was he's like a s- super bad kid and he got kicked out of two different schools. I just like I feel like that didn't line up. Well, he he goes over his rap sheet, did some graffiti, flooded the faculty break room. Yeah, and then lit something on fire. I don't think he actually did that. I think that's one of the rumors that he set his school on fire. No, th- I thought there was also like a bomb scare. He called in a like a bomb threat on parents' day 
And that's when he got caught and kicked out of school. Okay, so he gets kicked out of school. They just moved to this town. And Jimmy talked about this earlier. They have this business that has been there forever. <laughs> yeah, this store. so his dad's toy store that only sells educational and old and boring toys uh, is called The Inner Child. And the sign outside looks old. Everything inside looks boring and old. The business is already failing. Right. But everyone's talking to him like, oh, you're that kid that just moved here. No one knows who you are. And and the store's been there long enough to where he knows he's got like a rapport with the delivery man. The delivery guy, Joe. So unless like their other city they lived in was close. Was, yeah, yeah, like on that same guy's delivery route. Right. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Shanley, did this create dissonance within you as well? Yeah. I, hmm. It just didn't make sense. Excellent. <laughs> great, great point. Top <laughs> so he's, he's got this story arc where he's trying to regain his parents' trust. And the way that he thinks he's going to do it is by committing larceny. <laughs> by, by stealing stock from another store and trying to sell it. How yeah. old do you think he is? Alan? Yeah. I would guess like 15, maybe 16. So the dad leaves ah. a 16, 15, 16 year old in charge of a store. And then he gets mad at his son for not doing a great job with it. But he's, he is a child. Also, he's an inner so, child, yeah. if you will. When this movie released, uh, the actor, Gregory Smith, oh, was Gregory Smith. 15 years old. Okay. So I thought he looked younger. You guys keep saying 15, 16. I was going to say like 13, 14. Hmm. Like, number one, usually actors play a character younger than themselves. Yeah. And also when they filmed this, he was probably like 14. Hmm. Well, I um, think that's a believable age because the girl that he has a crush on, her boyfriend rides like a motorcycle. So I yeah. thought they would at least be around the same age because also she says they go to school together. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So then the, my question is, why did that grown man leave his child in charge of the toy store. The child that got kicked out of well, two because, schools. Yeah. <laughs> because no one goes to the toy store. Yeah. It doesn't really and matter. He, yeah. Because his yeah. dad's just setting him up to fail. And because his dad is maybe doing something fishy because he's not out of town for very long. <laughs> he leaves He leaves Alan in charge of the store while he goes on the seminar called How to Grow a Successful Small Business or something. Mm-hmm. And he comes back 7 a.m. the very next day. It is a brief trip. A seminar is a is a loose term for wherever it is he went. I think he he maybe went to visit his other family. Well, Andy needed <sighs> a plane flight. Ariel plane ticket. What? That's why the store's been here for so long. Because his secret this family his lives in the neighborhood. Family? That makes perfect. And the plane sense. ticket was a fake. And that's why it didn't matter that's what he why left he didn't it even in the need store. It. Oh, we're breaking this yep. movie wide open. Mm-hmm. I agree. Damn, you know what? I'm annoyed by what you guys are doing. But when you mentioned that like he forgot the plane ticket, <laughs> that really is the missing piece to this whole thing. It's like uh, tying it back to a previous film we watched. It's like how um, Ennis Del Mar uh, didn't use his fishing equipment. Right. Because he was out yeah. banging Jake Gyllenhaal. Like he was never going fishing. He's never getting on a plane. He never left the town. It, do you think that uh, 
Stuart, that's Alan's dad's name, do you think his lover is any character in the movie or just completely off screen? What if it's one of the guys from Heartland Toys? What if it's David Cross? It's not. It's not? Who is it? I don't think it's someone from this movie. What if it's Sherry O'Terry? that the other mom? No. She's the lady from the uh, customer service line. Oh, she was great. (laughs) She was awesome. SNL's own, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Sorry, going back to Alan's plan. You know who it is? Who is it? It's Gil Mars. Really? Powerful executive Gil Mars. Because that's the thing is like, he doesn't want war toys because he doesn't want any connection to his lover. And that's why Globotech, a military company, gets into the what business? The toy He's trying to reconnect with his lover. (sighs) This is a tragedy. Wow. (laughs) And at the end, he just pays him off, doesn't he? Gil just pays him off. Which I'm irritated that we don't know the amounts. We're already blurring lines here. Let's stay focused. (laughs) If we're focusing on the toy store, Alan Abernathy, his story. Okay. The main story, if you will. Who wants to take a stab at explaining how he gets the small soldiers? Shanley. Okay. So Alan's friends with Joe, I think his name was, the truck Mm -hmm. driver, the guy who delivers the toys. And he's like, hey, Joe, I know you're not supposed to give me these toys, but can you do it anyways? And don't tell anybody, and I'll pay you back later. <laughs> and Joe's like, all right, I am a grown man, but <laughs> I will trust you, underage child. And beyond just trusting him, and I will steal that. product from my company or from the company that paid for it already and just let it let you have it. Right, yeah, so what Alan says he's going to pay Joe back. Joe is Joe's stealing stuck. from okay, this. Yeah. Joe is stealing huh. and taking, pocketing the money, probably. Oh, that is true. What would Joe do with this money? Which I like. I mean, he's kind of a gangster. Like, he's he's a definitely very anti-establishment. He, he feels kind of like a union, like, you know, uh, organized crime adjacent kind of guy. Like in The Irishman? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Alan also said... Can't you just say these fell off the truck? Yeah, like, just like you're talking too loud. Yeah. Oh, me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Joe says that to Alan. Yeah, yeah. It's like, your tone is all wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do it again. You're talking at a perfect volume, Ariel. Thank you. Um, I am noticing that when you rock, your voice actually comes in and out. Oh, Oh. <laughs> it actually, oh. yeah. So what you can do? I'm not saying you can't rock. I'll but maybe rock with it. <laughs> you could do I'll that. I'll lean with it. Rock with it. Yeah, that's actually better? working. <laughs> that's <is> good. Thing. <laughs> okay. Um. So <laughs> Inner Child is the only store that has these toys because they haven't even dropped yet, and Alan's trying to sell them. Yes. But before he gets the chance to the toy, <laughs> the. The toys destroy his store. Enter whatever her name is. What's Christy. Her name? Yeah, but her, who is it? Kirsten Dunst. Oh. Kay yeah. Dunst. Mm. Wait, pause real quick. Was anyone else bothered that he already opened and is playing with these toys? Joe did it. Okay. Because he says what's in there. Sorry, Earl. You go ahead. My thing is, so not only did he take these toys, but then Joe gave him a plethora 
of like promo ad- material. Yes, yeah. advertising. Like they had what are those the cutouts? Cardboard yeah. cutouts, yeah. life sized. Way to keep like, a low profile, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> About having these stolen yeah. goods. He's just giving him everything. Hmm. And he gave him like this is such a dumb plan. He gave him one of each toy. Yeah. Yeah. So what is there, like about 10 total? No, there's no, 12. No, 12. Yeah. Six, six. Okay, so about 10. You said no, there's 12. Well, That's because, because there's the line where he says, thanks, Joe. I owe you one. And Joe says, you owe me, you owe me 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he gives him 12 toys. Let's say they're $50 each. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's $600. And I think they're 80 bucks each. Holy smokes. It's a lot of money. Okay, so profit is still going to be less than that. Um, I think uh, the retailer usually pays like 40% or something like that, right? Sounds about right. So if it's 80 bucks, they're going to keep like 50. So they're going to get like $600. That's really not that much money. It's not He's worth like, it for We're finally going to make some money after all this. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, but I think $600 is more than... What did he say was in the register? Three quarters and two pennies? All six pennies, something like that, yeah. Yeah. I think so that was more of something. a joke, though. But was it? I mean, there was nobody in that store. Hmm. Christy and Timmy were in there. Yeah, because the other store was too far. And did, were they paying customers? They weren't. Good point. Hell yeah. She just went in there to abuse her younger brother. <laughs> she is awful to her little brother. I mean, she knew he liked dinosaurs and stuff. You know what? You sound like such a baby of the family right now. Yeah. Because I bet Shanley's perspective on this is like, <laughs> you don't know what this kid was like <laughs> all the time, every fucking day. Like, he's definitely like staring at her in the mirror, and, like touching her stuff in the bathroom. Like, where's my brush? And her dumb brother is like, put it in his, you know, beehole or something. <laughs> oh gosh. Thank you, Jimmy. Coming as a oldest sister... Yeah, I didn't Stops think she was being at all. Yeah, she only knew what dots to fill in or to connect there. She's like, "This is uh, this lines up." Hmm. Ariel, you're hmm. a younger sibling too. I was impressed that she knew that he liked dinosaurs and such. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have an older brother, and I would be impressed if he knew what I liked. At- with such like they look like they have a pretty large age gap my brother and i are only two and a half years apart but i would still be pretty impressed if he knew what i liked do you like dinosaurs mm, i mean i don't dislike them interesting you see that's that's why we get together so we learn things about each other do you like dinosaurs love dinosaurs you're eating Which dinosaurs them? Uh, Spinosaurus aegypticus. Oh, gross. <laughs> but not the real Spinosaurus, the one from Jurassic Park 3. Because mm. apparently that's extremely inaccurate. They didn't really look like that. Know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite is the Indominus Rex. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Little known one. Um, Does Alan really ever gain his dad's respect? Where does that story arc even end up? It gets pretty muddled. It's pretty hammy, heavy-handed through the beginning of the movie. I don't really know where it goes. I mean, I'm not going to ruin the ending, but I think by the end, the dad does trust him enough. To go to climb a power line and blow yeah. up some <laughs> Transformers? Yeah. yeah. Like, if my kid's good at one thing, it's ruining public property. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> 
You know, one thing that I've noticed in our watching through of like '90s kid movies or family entertainment, yeah, is the parents are usually not as bad as the kids act like they are. Right. This movie has a lot of overlap with several movies from this era. There's some Home Alone in it. There's some Jumanji in it. Okay. There's some Toy Story in it. But I feel like in Jumanji, in The Three Ninjas, in all this stuff, the parents aren't really being mean to their kids. The kids just are like leaning into being victims. They're just like, you never trust me. Maybe I could do one thing right if you give me a chance. And it's like, dude, no one even got mad at you yet. Like, chill out. <laughs> like, your dad let you run the store for a few hours and you just come in all hot. Like, yeah, yeah. I, that's what uh, bothers me. Thank you for bringing this up. Everybody trusts this kid. Yeah. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. You got his dad is like, yeah, I'm going out of town to, vi- to visit my other family. Mm-hmm. And you watch <laughs> my store. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. And then... Joe's like, yeah, I will rob from my company and trust you to make good on this and I won't mm-hmm. get in trouble. Um, Christy trusts him. Yeah. I don't think he really is a victim whatsoever. He's definitely not. I didn't like the way he talked to his mom. When his mom was like, hey, did you? And he's like, yes. I counted the money. I turned off the lights. Yeah, I can go through so one day attitude. without screwing up. Yeah. And then his mom does like one of those stare off to the distance size, kind of like the mom and three ninjas did, I think, a few times. I think she was just <laughs> fantasizing about meeting up with her tennis instructor again. She is having an affair. She's with her for ten- sure oh having my an affair gosh. with her tennis instructor. Yeah, because she became a whole different woman when she picked up that tennis racket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how entitled Alan is? That. He steals these goods and then calls customer service. Yes, dude. And files a complaint. I was laughing so hard at that. Like, what a psychopath. Like, yeah, uh, we didn't order anything. There's no record of us purchasing from your company, but uh, you guys better make Here's my first name, last name, and I'm going to try to give you the whole phone number. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he got caught last time. Because he's not good at doing crimes. Well, because he's clearly like a spoiled kid. Like he's acting out. I don't. So much of this doesn't make sense. I mean, okay. we're probably Lay not supposed me. to think about it. But as a child, I really related to this movie because I was like a trouble kid, but not like a like serious like cr- like crime. You didn't ever do some kid. graffiti, did you? I did some graffiti. I did light things on fire at my school. <laughs> I would do things like take all of the mouse balls from the computer lab and then throw them at people at lunchtime. Um, just pretty funny. Just like innocent little fun things like that, you know? Yeah. But what I would never get is my family packing up all of their belongings and moving to a different town so that I could go to another school. That, that would never happen. I think my parents would just, like, give me to the government or something. <laughs> so this kid is, like, so spoiled with, like, love and care from his parents. And he still has, like, an internet in his room he that he has access internet. to. And, like, it's just crazy how much they're, like, giving and giving to this kid. I don't know. He's, he's a bad person. He yells at everyone. He yells at Archer. It's like He my, does. I'm Alan. Now shut up gotta do my homework also oh god no you please he also had a pretty cool room setup which is something that was very present in the 90s Mm -hmm. 
It made me very jealous. I didn't notice. What does he have? It was kind of like a upstairs situation. So he had like stairs that only went up to his room. I like, didn't notice his that. His whole room was like the entire top floor. He also had dumb things like a no U-turns uh, <laughs> sign on his Yeah, wall. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. He also had Motocross Today magazine and Reptiles magazine <laughs> and a Thrasher magazine. Well, okay. One of those is real. Yeah. <laughs> Reptiles. Real estate magazine. <laughs> uh, how do they have such a nice house? With a crappy business. That's what I was going to get at. Sorry. I mean, that's what I said. I said so much of this stuff doesn't line up. Okay. And then I went on a rant just talking about Alan. But yeah. <laughs> they they live in a really nice house in a really nice like upper middle class neighborhood. And his dad owns and operates a business, which takes a lot of money. Sure. And yeah, like they're struggling. But like his dad's flying over to conferences. His dad and- drives like a fully restored shiny vw beetle convertible one earl explain this how are they affording all this stuff and the tennis lessons (laughs) well hmm. the mom did come out in that little outfit so maybe she's she's a stripper (gasps) that's what i'm saying that's how you make the money oh yeah because why isn't she working at the store yeah oh yeah why wasn't she She's yeah. working with all jokes aside. Club. <laughs> all jokes aside, what the hell is that uniform? I thought it was a flight attendant when I was a kid, but I don't think so. I think it's that's a, what I thought um, it was too. Ho- I think a hotel. Oh, oh. I like the Hollywood Tower Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Shanley, did she remind you of the second Natalie, the second assistant for Monk? Not, I mean, just in like the haircut, I guess, uh-huh. and that she's blonde. But no, not really. Sounds about like all that it takes to me. <laughs> Is now an appropriate time to talk about the uh, Fimples? Because we, we went on Kirsten Dunn's character. Sure. I mean, they tie into the family. They do the tie lifestyle. into the family. Right next door, we have the Fimple family. It's Kirsten Dunst and our favorite annoying neighbor, Phil Hartman. In one of those really exciting roles where the actor and the character same, share the same first name. Phil Fimple as Phil Hartman. No, wait. Phil, Phil Hartman, Hartman as Phil Fimple. And he's another annoying neighbor. You guys enjoy him in this movie? I did. <laughs> he did? I think he plays Ted again. Like, it's the same. Ted from. Yeah. J- sorry, yeah. The other one is Jingle All the Way, where he plays Ted. Mm-hmm. I think you think it's he's the, the same, same character? character. Yeah. Re- uh, I feel both like annoying. That voice just leans into <laughs> this character. Like you just already know. Like you hear his voice and you go, "I know exactly who that <laughs> you is." Sniveling yeah. bastard, you are back. Would you rather live next door to Ted or Phil? I think Phil. Think so. At least he's not after my wife. Yeah. Right. Ted, Ted seems like a real sleaze. He is a sleaze. Yeah. You know, I get it, but. Phil likes to transgress, and that bothers me. Like, cutting down my tree would piss me off. What about putting my star on my tree? Well, but he got permission. That's that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's problem for not dealing with his marriage. Hmm. You know? Like, if he had his family in his house in order, that wouldn't happen. That's his problem. But Ted... Am I right? Am I right, ladies? I hear what you're saying. If, if 
Arnold Schwarzenegger was a man in his household, she wouldn't be getting it elsewhere. Yeah. I just think it's one of those situations where, in Jingle All the Way, she had to be nice to neighbor Ted because her son was friends with a chubby little boy. You know what I mean? You mean his son? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) May have been an easier way to explain the connection. (laughs) Y'all know what I meant. Yeah, I was the chubby little boy growing up. I love how... Towards the end of the movie, they show how like every neighbor just hates Phil. <laughs> they just yeah, hate. that was fun. Jimmy, would you? So you said Phil likes to transgress, whereas Ted doesn't. But Ted climbs on Howard's roof and and starts stapling in Christmas lights. But I think he got the wife's permission to do all that stuff. Like I don't think he's just imposing his will. I think he's offering. Arnold Schwarzenegger's not there, and the wife says, "Yeah, somebody's got to be the man around here." And I think that that's not the case here. I think this guy's just a jerk and doesn't care. <laughs> He's cut down the tree branch? Yeah. Bonus points for the fact that that chainsaw prop, maybe it's a real chainsaw, is the blades are actually spinning. You ever notice how in a lot of movies and TV shows when there's a chainsaw, the blades aren't spinning? It's just a sound. Yep. And it's just, that drives they me crazy. They just do it in Foley. Yeah. Oh. And the, the blades are just completely stationary. That mm. drives me nuts. How do you guys feel about him chopping down the branch? I love it. I hate it. I obviously hate it. I just brought it up. What a <laughs> jerk. But technically, that branch is on his property. I think that you need to talk to your neighbor if you're going to do something like that. I feel like you should be like, hey, man, your branch is messing with my satellite. Can we go ahead and... He he Chip also I think I think you may be able to defend him if he just cut off the bit that was going over his fence line, but he goes all the way to the trunk of the tree. So he's reaching over Stewart's uh, fence to cut it down at the trunk. Okay, I see. <laughs> I mean I love trees, so I don't I don't like that, mm. but it does couldn't he not put the the thing in my jigger? What's it called? Satellite dish somewhere else? I don't. I guess not. He he has this weird string of things that he says that ends with to have not have optimum reception. It's very <laughs> sniveling and hilarious, and I love it. So that's why, because it has to be exactly right there to get optimum reception. Yeah, I think he's a jerk, but I do kind of relate to how obsessive he is about just getting his thing right. Jimmy, are you with me on this? No. Really? Not at all. Not even when he's he's in the living room and he's trying to show his wife his entertainment center and he's like, now the chroma's off. The flesh tones are all wrong. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't. Honestly, dude, I've never been like a picture quality person with TVs. I just leave it however it's set pretty much. <laughs> I, I've never once been bothered by that. Okay. So you don't relate to anything that Phil does? Uh no, I mean I might cut down somebody's tree. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> so you hate that he cut down someone's tree, but that's the, also the one thing that you might do. Yeah. Okay. Give but me I the would situa- talk to him first. What would it be? A, a shouting kind of talking? No, I'd be like, "Hey, um, I wanted to put this up, and uh, your tree's kind of blocking that. Is there any way we could get rid of that? Like, I'd be happy to do it uh, if that's okay, and just take off some of that so that I can get the reception." And the person's like, "No." Then I'd be like, okay, well, it's kind of going over the fence on my property, and I'm pretty sure that, like he says, the zoning laws are yeah. in my uh, on my side here. Yeah. And then if the guy's like, no, then I'd be like, well, I'm doing it, so fuck <laughs> you. Um, 
But I wouldn't just do it. I would have the conversation. I'd try to be friendly with my neighbors. Okay. That's where he went wrong. I'm going to do it either way. That feels But like- I want to have the conversation <laughs> and give you the chance to give me permission first. Yeah. That's that's just what a decent human being does, I guess. Yeah. So I'm going to do it either way. <laughs> but I want to give you the opportunity to have us both feel good about it. He's so good at playing these characters, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. He's so good at playing people that you just love to hate. Mm-hmm. I love when he uh, says to his wife, I think World War II is my favorite war. <laughs> That's <laughs> the funniest things that anyone's ever said. Shanley, would you rather live next door to Ted or Phil? I think Phil. Either way, he's going to be annoying. I'd rather him be annoying and not a creep. Yeah. Then you get Kirsten Dunst next door, too. And that's always a plus. And then if you, sometimes when Kirsten Dunst is next door... She has a abusive family life, and you become a superhero. Yeah, that's Were you always listening cool. To that? Yeah. Well, also sometimes where she lives, um, animals and guys with guns break out, and it just becomes a whole thing. You know. Yeah, but that's when she lives in your house. I mean, they probably had neighbors. No. No. Nope. Sometimes when Kirsten Dunst is your neighbor, she. And all of her sisters commit virgin suicides. Mm. Like in the movie Virgin Suicides. Mm. Mm. Sometimes Kirsten Dunst is a little vampire girl. Yes, and she's a woman, but she doesn't look like it because she's in a little girl body because of vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you get Brad Pitt. And she wants Brad Pitt to make okay. love to her. You, you won't do it because she's like a little man. baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so sad. Mm. I love that movie. What Spider-Man? Interview with Spider-Man. the vampire. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, I started answering the question before I processed what you were doing. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst is bad in this movie. Is she always bad? Or, well, first of all, do you agree with me that she's bad in this movie? No. Really? You just... Character or actor or both? Both. I think the character... I I don't know if I think the actor is bad. I think that her acting's a little phoned in on this one. I think she was like 15 here. Okay. And she's like, dude, I don't really care. Like, this but she is sucks. a vampire, it's a so stupid she, kids maybe she's movie a movie about toys that come to life. I don't care. You know? I was in an interview with the vampire. I was in an interview with the effing vampire. I work with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. <laughs> I need this movie and, like I need a uh, silver bullet to the head. What's that guy? Antonio Banderas. Is he an interview with the vampire? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Are you talking about a different movie that Kirsten Dunst Dude, is in? Antonio Banderas is in an interview with the vampire. That's tight. And that other guy that. for Mr. Robot. Christian Slater? Christian Slater. That is true. He's the interviewer, eh? He's the vampire. Oh. Is this the one where <laughs> it's the... <laughs> The vampires all live in that like city in the middle of the desert. I think I you're thinking think from so. dusk till dawn. No. Oh, you! I think you are. <laughs> I mean that that fits. Are they no. Mexican vampires? No, it's a it's an old movie and it it's like and they're strippers. <laughs> no, I remember. Oh, though I think there are strippers. <laughs> I think it's from dusk till dawn. Were yeah. you talking about uh. Tandy Newton? Today? Earlier today? I was, because we were talking about Crash. She's also in Interview with the Vampire. Shut up. Dude, I'm not wow. even joking right now. 
Let's just talk about Tandy Newton instead. What a crazy name, right? Heir to the Fig <laughs> Fortune. She was in Norbit. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She's in Norbit. I think she was in The Beloved, which is a movie I watched, so I didn't have to read my summer reading book. She's in The Chronicles of Riddick. Wait, you got the choice between a book to read and a movie? No, they made a movie out of the book I was supposed to read. Oh. Um, and it's always a gamble on, is this movie going to be close yeah. enough to the book? So, if you were an English teacher, would you watch the movie and then pick out something that was an inaccuracy from the book and then put that as a multiple choice answer on the test? Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I was always suspicious that my teachers were going to do that. But maybe you read the book and watched the movie. If that was the case, then you would answer according to the book if you knew the right answer. Mm-hmm. I remember I watched I, see what you're saying. I watched a movie version of a book and I wrote my report on it my freshman year of high school and Kevin who was sitting next to me had read the book and I was talking about like oh it's crazy at the end of the movie when they kill Eddie and he's like Eddie didn't die I'm like damn <laughs> they changed that for the movie I'm caught for sure <laughs> and uh, that's when I realized that uh, teachers don't know what happened in your book not in a book report situation Nate, did you get a good grade on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Got a fine grade. (laughs) (laughs) I think your teacher just didn't care. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's also true. Small soldiers. (laughs) The baby's getting air. Yeah, sorry. Sean is practicing his skateboard tricks (laughs) in the corner. (laughs) Who opened the window more? Me, it's hot as hell in here. It is hot in here. It's getting hot in here. Ariel, talk about the movie more. So... Leave your mark on this podcast. So, Alan is infatuated with Christy. Yeah. Right? And she obviously knows it. That's why she keeps going by the store. Yeah, but... And strutting her stuff. And helping him not fix a boat. And doing a little turn on the catwalk. Yeah. How... The catwalk. Did she get his phone number? And then call him. Damn it, I did that bad. And then tease him. Do you remember that? I do. But when did they exchange digits? I don't know. There was a whole cleaning up a store montage. There's an opportunity there. Oh, that was at... Okay. I see. Well, I guess we should talk about the the little people in this movie. You want to now transition over to talk about... The Commando Elite. Any, yeah. Anything else is just a toy. Everything else is just a toy. Ooh, I found a wet spot on the carpet. I wonder what that is. <laughs> it's cold. It's, it's always, always cold. cold. <laughs> Ooh, feels cold. <laughs> I think, I think that everyone's here to talk about the the toys. So, so before, we should talk yeah, about let's put that yeah, at the end. Let's talk about the company. Can we can we talk yeah about yeah. Globotech taking over Heartland Toys? I'm glad you said it because I was going to make that same suggestion. I was like, dude, I don't want to ask Ariel to talk, and then immediately and then say like, that's no, a terrible we're not idea. Do that. You're so terrible. <laughs> um, so Earl, hmm. do you think that Gil Mars is a good CEO of this company? So. I'd have to say that I really like his, like, he's so stern, but he's, he's, no, you don't think he's stern? I don't know. I Run mean, with your thought. Don't let Matt distract you. I'm well, just trying to listen. 
Okay, let's see. So, he's the CEO. He bought this company that was super successful because that burping, farting toy was mm-hmm. killing it in the, the market. The Belch Brigade. <laughs> yeah. Flat chew. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how this he just tight. goes in, guns blazing, and is like, hey, you guys, you're the only two people from the previous company that made this farting toy. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, show me what you got. Like, I don't I don't want to listen to anybody else. Like, let's do this. So, I like that. He's just, like, straightforward. Like, if he doesn't like these toys or these ideas, like, get some new ones. He knows what he wants. Yeah. He's a powerful man. That's why he's CEO. Hmm. Real Dennis Leary type. I'm fine so with it. So, I didn't think that he was a good CEO in the beginning scene. I'll explain why in just a second. But at the end of the movie, he really pulled it around. Uh, I feel like I didn't agree with his strategy early on. But the way he handles the fallout of the disaster that this family endured, they're just paying everyone off satisfactorily. And, and, and getting then, the truck removed from the scene of the crime before the media trucks arrive. Yes, that's a, that's a baller <laughs> yeah. move. Yeah. And then immediately being like, and you guys aren't fired. We're going to go ahead and send Sell these to toys <laughs> to rebel forces in South America. Like, because wow. That, so that's because now he's in his natural milieu. Because yeah. now it's turned into warfare. And he's like, okay. Yeah, back in my game. Yeah. But what, why wasn't he good at the beginning? Because he's an idiot? So my, my first note about this guy is he feels like Tom Hanks in Big. Yeah meets Alec Baldwin in 30 Rock. Yes. So kind uh-huh. of like he doesn't really care about his job like Alec Baldwin and definitely some Tom like his first statement in their pitch about the Commando Elite the, the Whoa, video shows really the toy that? punching through and he's like wait 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 hold on hold on can they actually do that? In my mind as an adult I'm like what an idiot. Like, of course they don't do that. What is wrong with you? It's like, whoa, this is amazing. And he's like, I want to put lifelong batteries in these things. And I want them to actually be able to break out of their packaging and to do it on their own. How insane is that? Like, who's going to buy these? They're going to be so expensive. And they're going to just rip themselves out of the packaging and go fight each other it's a crazy idea uh this he sounds like a child yeah he's an idiot he's it's terrible business and it's terrible to give to people like he shouldn't it's dangerous it's 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 irresponsible is what wow. it is. Hmm. you know i i i was on his side because <laughs> <laughs> if i'm watching a commercial about a toy I want it to be accurate. I want them to be able to do what they do and in of course, the commercial. The solution is not to change the commercial. <laughs> the solution is to make technological leaps and bounds uh, so that way you can live up to the commercial. Shanley, what do you think? Well, Jimmy, you mentioned that they, he was being irresponsible or the, him leading the company is in an irresponsible way. The movie starts off where we're seeing a commercial for Globotech, and it straight up says, like, advanced military-grade defense technology for consumer households. <laughs> so it's like, all right, they're obviously the bad guys, right? Like, this is totally irresponsible. 
So it's just like setting it up to be like, yeah, they do not care about people. Hmm. I kind of just feel like all they care about is money. Like, ew. Ugh. Oh, Who to be. Who would possibly a, think that way? I mean, not me. That's why I have them. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy cars, CD players, even, even toys, toys are possessions to him. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Idol gets it. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why she doesn't. Um. Can we talk about the manufacturing process for the Gorgonites and the um, Commando Elite? Yeah, so you, the that that scene that's that's the opening title credits for the yeah. movie, which happens. I, I like did a time check. In. Yeah, it's like ten minutes in, which I enjoyed. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. You, go ahead. You want, let's talk. You wanted to talk about it. Go ahead. Did you guys pay attention to it? Yeah. Where they're building the toys? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was fascinating. Did it feel insane to you? <laughs> it felt like that was definitely not how they make actual toys. <laughs> not only did it feel like it's not how they make toys to, in real life, it felt like it's not how you would make those toys. Is that yeah. just me? I get it because they they're like three D printing solid plastic, right? And which you would I, have to have robotics. Which I I think so. Yes. Number one, my first note about that was, I'm pretty sure 3D printers didn't exist in 1998. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They I noticed totally that as well. Not. Yeah. But they did show one that looks like it, so it was pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, what they had back then was, like, two molds that they filled with Play-Doh. Uh-huh. <laughs> smushed them together. Yeah. And then let that dry. Uh-huh. And that's, that was a toy. <laughs> that's what um, you got. So I, what I think that that thing that they made in the 3D printer out of like that clear wax mm-hmm. uh, like like I think it was a mold but no. I don't know how that would work because they show that then they show like robot metal skeletons mm-hmm. for these yeah. toys like Horrifying. very Terminator T-1000 mm-hmm. yeah there's there's definitely Terminator in this movie but then they show like the plastic torsos of Archer and um, Major Chip Hazard getting the arms, getting their like their yeah. arms like attached to them. So it's like if they already had functional skeletons, how are you attaching arms? And then there was a machine that was like soldering their arm joints, like their shoulder joints together, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but they're plastic. None of this really <laughs> made sense. And I feel like the microchips for me. Why are they in the head? The yep. head is such a small. Area you think it'd be in the chest or the back or yes, mm. and on that issue, Ariel, good point. But why were they putting it in last? I don't like, know. why is it an already yeah. built toy that should have been attached early on in the process and then built around it? Yeah, yeah. The in the nucleus. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, third like industrial assembly credits that we've had in the weekly watch wheel. This- Steel. It's steel. And anyone else? Ghost Rider? <laughs> yeah, when they're building Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Out of jelly beans. Mm-hmm. In a martini glass. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I guess people maybe like this in movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think anyone likes two of those three movies. So. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I don't think that assembly was accurate. I think you're on to something there. Um, but it was interesting. I'll give him that. It was. It, it had, 
When were the eyeballs incorporated? That was during the the robot skeleton phase, which okay. was post warm liquid goo phase. Okay, that's what I thought. I do have a question for you guys. Okay. Is the name Major Chip Hazard supposed to be foreshadowing? Foreshadowing what? Chip what Hazard. happens in the movie? I think it's lost upon me, perhaps because I'm stupid. <laughs> the whole point of this movie is they put military-grade microchips into these toys, and it's dangerous. Becomes so a hazard. So they're sort of a major chip hazard. There is a major one. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Come well, on, that's really good. Are you no, really all going to no, sit no, here? No, I, I, that's I, think I was really thinking, cool. because I was thinking, what are the other names of the soldiers? Because they all do, their names are basically their jobs. I think there's Rick Bazooka and Brick Nick Nitro. Bazooka. Oh, is it Brick? <laughs> yeah, but Rick, Bazoo- of, <laughs> Rick Bazooka's his dad. There's a lot of <laughs> alliteration in these. Uh, mm. Kip Killing- Killigan. Did you figure out who he is yet? I Okay, no, I didn't. Go ahead. Do you know who it is because you looked it up? No, I, I, I didn't, so that way... Because I wanted to think it through. I wanted to play by the rules. Kip Killigan, one of the commando elite. The hot one. He's the hot one. Yeah, sure. Um, Chip Hazard's the hot one. Nah. But uh, Kip Killigan is Ted Denslow. Ted Denslow? Billionaire? Yeah. <laughs> who is that? These chaps yes. I wore in rootin' tootin' rhythm. <laughs> That's hella funny. <laughs> That's him. You didn't notice that? No, no. It was crazy. I heard that right away. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so Kip Killigan, Nick Nitro, Brick Bazooka, Major Chip Hazard, Link Static. I'm missing someone. Because they're six, right? His his name is like Murderton or something. Milton Murderton. Mel Melbington. What was his name? Uh, I think it's Butch Meat Hook. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Butch Meat Hook. <laughs> That's an innuendo if I've ever heard of one. So we have Irwin and Larry. Irwin is David Cross. Larry is the guy from Jerry Maguire. Uh, <laughs> um, I Jay Moore. I don't care for him. I don't. He's he might be a nice guy, but I don't like him. I don't know the. I don't understand the appeal. He's a very big suit kind of talk show kind of guy. You know what I mean? They were they were happening in the nineties. He was doing stand up at the Hollywood Improv one night when Shanley and I went over there, and they were like, "You can go see this show right now, or if you want to wait, Jay Moore is headlining again in an hour." And we said. Nah, we'll see the other one. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a chance to see him do comedy, and I did not take it. Was mm. it? Were they both the same price? Uh, no, Jay was no. more. He was more. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped on that. Good job, Matt. Thanks. So, Irwin, played by David Cross, he's he's a very Stuart Abernathy type. He wants his toys to be about exploring and learning and yes. research. Gil does not weird like things. that. No. He said, do you say learning? <laughs> Next. Yep. <laughs> Which we stand by here. Recently, we established that wondering is better than actually learning. Yeah, true. And then Jay Moore is just all about the business and trying to turn a profit. So you know what's interesting? Uh, watching this through my like adult mind now, Okay. I have way different interpretation of these guys. So as a kid, I thought that David Cross was kind of like, the a goofy, guy. dorky guy, and he wanted to play with his weird toys, and he was, like, nice or whatever. 
but he was just kind of like aloof. Uh, yeah, like aloof. But that he was like actually good at his job, and that Jay Moore is kind of like a slacker mm-hmm. and just like kind of not doing. He's like not smart or useful, really. He's kind of like he uses um, David Cross's password because he loses his he's, own. Yeah, he's kind of like the bad guy of the two of them. Yeah, but he's just like not really. But watching this as an adult, I think that's wrong. I think he's like at least from like a business perspective. He's the, one he's the good better at his job. one. Like, he comes in with an already made toy instead of just like cardboard cutouts of drawings. And a multimedia. Of him. And he has a video advertising ready to go, a whole like. Which he's already run by legal. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like on top of it. He's like what a business wants in an employee. He's like ready to go and start profiting. Um, and I feel like it's weird seeing that and being like, oh, David Cross is bad at his job. <laughs> That's crazy. As, as the disillusionment of childhood is just wilting away yeah. from your heart. And like David Cross said his password out loud, it's his fault, not the other guys for using it. Hmm. So if his password was Gizmo, what do you think the other guy's password was? Pismo. Thismo. <laughs> Yee. Why is Gizmo one of the names of the gremlins? Yeah. Yeah, no, so what if it, he's it's a mogwai. A mogwai. Oh, okay, so then I wonder <laughs> if the other password was one of the names Spike. of the other ones. Yeah. I'm not sure I would know off the top of my head how to correctly spell gizmo. T-I-Z-M-O. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one way to yeah. spell what it. What else are you going to do? An S. S-I-Z-M-O. I want us now talk about these toys and the construction of them. It's kind of the intermediate between talking about the company and the warfare itself. Can we do that? Well, I did have a question about the company, but... No, no, no. Okay, go. go do that first. Um, why would this company buy toys? Heart right. toys. He okay. does give an explanation for why they did it, but I don't think it's real or makes much sense. Is Is the explanation that they're trying to have a better public face so they're not just making weapons but they want to pound their swords into plowshares and whatnot no i thought i thought he was just like your company made so much money last year i want to buy it and make that much money on top of all the monies i make all the time now hmm but if that was the case, then why is he changing things? Because if they're already making right. a ton of okay. money, why would yeah, he switch I do it up? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's some weird stuff going on. That's here. what happens when the, you're wrong. the new I'm boss steps in. The new boss just wants to change things. I don't know, man. This is this is all seems fishy to me. You think it's a front for something? You think he was trying to find a way to arm those South American rebels the whole time? I think he's a little boy <laughs> who is in an adult's body. And he wills out his old star machine. Yeah, this is a, this is but, big. But the, he never changed back into a child. This is like fifteen Just years of, of having been the adult. Yeah, yeah, must have been. Hmm. Okay. Well, now we can talk about whatever you wanted to talk about. Okay. So. The X-1000 chip that makes the Commando Elite and the Gorgonites have not artificial intelligence, but actual intelligence. 
I know I'm reading into this a little bit too much, but I don't buy that at all. They have full-blown personalities, and the the chips themselves generate life because the Commando Elite and the Gorgonites have robotics in them. We see that in the construction. But when you put the chip or part or fragments of the chip in a Gwendy doll that has absolutely no robotics, they come to life and get voices. So I'm calling BS. Does that not bother anybody? I mean, it would bother me if I didn't just already know that this is a movie and it doesn't make sense. I I have some things from my childhood wilting away as well. I'm like, oh yeah, this makes sense. They took the, the microchip from Nick Nitro and they made 10,000 yeah, Wendy so dollars. That's when I was out. I that don't think they sense. did that. What don't you what think do you they think did? What do you think they did? I then? was paying attention to that scene specifically to try to figure out what was going on there. And they put the Nick Nitro chip into In like the, the satellite dish thing. thing. And it's broadcasting like the programming from it. It doesn't make sense, but that's what it's doing. And they took, because Phil has so many like gadgets and stuff, they took chips from a bunch of other things in his house mm. to put into the dolls, and they're programming them with his code. Okay, hmm. so also... It still doesn't make sense, <laughs> but that's what they're doing. They didn't just break his apart into a bunch of littler ones. Because they're all pretty large ones that are going right in the cleavage of all the... Right. So then, why did they take all the hair off of the dolls? They no, they got melted in the uh, unfreezing process. Yes, the reanimation (laughs) process. (laughs) There were unforeseen feline complications. Why didn't they just rebuild Nick Nitro? They they're doing two things at once. They are like programmed with a function, and that's like their primary motivator. It's like. The, the commando elite need to destroy the Gorgonites. The Gorgonites need to Hide. flee to their home world. Mm-hmm. And that's their primary motivation. It's all they're focused on. But also, they're really committed to acting. Because they're all playing roles and like they, they have like structure and so like his theatrical dying thing, like he like gasps. They don't need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. But he's like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so like, and, he, and he's referencing a backstory. Nick is. Nitro, I served with father. He was a good man. Yeah, and they also do the Toy Story thing where they like stop moving in when front of are Alan him. in the beginning. Yeah, and then as soon as he leaves, and they jump back into action. So there's a certain level of awareness that they're performing. Okay, um, and so I think he's just committed to the part. He's like, it's like the honor system, you know, when you and your friends are playing war when you're kids. And somebody gets shot. It's like, dude, we all know that I shot you, so just be dead now. I didn't get shot. I did, I did this. I moved. Who thinks I shot him? And then everyone raises their hand, and it's like, I hate you guys. That's what mm. Nick Nitro had to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bother anybody else that the Gwendy dolls shouldn't have any voice recordings or shouldn't be able to move at all? Is that just me being uh, a, a fat middle-aged man? pissing and moaning about a movie that doesn't make sense i think i'm with ariel once i was i was stuck on the numbers situation Mm -hmm. so once i got that i was like all right this doesn't make sense but whatever we're going with it okay i liked the idea of having this like fembot army so (laughs) okay 
voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christina Ricci. Oh, okay. I couldn't place it. Very good. Christina Ricci really stood out to me. Her voice was like every time she heard she said something, it really jumped out. Mm. Also, they were like overly sexual. Were you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't want to force this, but like, were you guys offended by that scene where they were um, fighting back against the Gwendy dolls? That he was hitting, that they were hitting the girl dolls. No, that the girl dolls were saying a lot of kind of sexist things. Yeah, I think I. I wrote some of them down. <laughs> I think they were more funny. Really? Because um, I feel like it was just a cheesy thing. Like, can I get um, some examples so I can track with you guys? Yeah. If you can't accessorize, pulverize. <laughs> What's your sign, big boy? Okay. You've been a bad boy and need to be punished. Oh, I didn't hear that part at all. <laughs> but also it's weird because they turned these girl robots alive or whatever with their chips but they were like super into them i didn't i thought they were just gonna bring them to life to like bang it out yeah have fun with them i mean they were they all wanted to <laughs> brick bazooka do you have a you, you talk yeah brick bazooka looks at them and he says Request a three-day pass, sir. <laughs> to yeah. Major Chip Hazard and denied. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Tommy Lee Jones is great in this. I don't want to get too far ahead, but he is—he's really committed to this role, and he does it very he's well. Really good. He he's is. so cool. He's always really good, though. I think. Um, yeah, I just thought it was except hilarious. for in Batman Forever. I thought it was hilarious how horny all these toys were. <laughs> Like hub, they were hub. like they were really going like in on it. They were like, "Damn, dude! Like we're about to plow up these Gwendies." The Commando Elite are like totally made up of these um, these like war movie references that would totally be lost on kids. This is like Patton. This is Full Metal Jacket, um, mm-hmm. like Apocalypse Now. These <laughs> it's a very specific referential kind of culture that they do for the Commando Elite. Including that bit when they start seeing the women. Do you think they banged? No. Really? It was all business? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, wait. Sorry, I need to talk about this. Because the girls seem like they're on the same level. Right. Like, their energy, when we are introduced to them being alive, is they were like, dude, we kind of want to bang this Alan kid. Like, we're just interested in dudes. And they wanted to bang Brad, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. Brad, who is like... Just oh, the 90s yeah. in human form. Yeah. <laughs> he had swoopy hair, a, a jean fit, like a very stiff jean fit. He was sagging, hoop earring, and wearing Skechers. Why does Major Chip Hazard shoot Brad? Because he says, a major and a gentleman never strikes a, a lady. And then Major Chip Hazard goes and attacks Christy. It's pointing out the hypocrisy in... Warfare? Uh... Yeah, in in the, just like this whole command chain, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a thing. Like the the people with power often don't hold themselves accountable. Is that what this movie's about? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so one thing that the Gwendy dolls said struck me as especially offensive. Okay. At one point, when Kirsten Dunst is fighting back, she hits him with, like, a stick or something. 
and one of the dolls says, "She's got a baton," and then she says, "It's a bata- it's a baton death march." Wow! You guys know what the baton death march is? No, what yeah. is it? You know what it is, right, Matt? Yeah, as a Filipino. Yeah, uh, is that the Japanese um, took their prisoners of war in the Philippines and just mostly U- U.S. and Filipino uh, prisoners. And just had them walk, just march for miles and miles and miles. And as I think it was like a week. Continue falling and dying. And they would just walk until you died. Like you were just, they were forced to continue walking until you collapsed and died. Well, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, and when, so they when just was go, this? It's a baton death march. Yeah, they make a, they make a <laughs> pun out of that. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, that's that a pretty bold move, right? Yeah, but that, also, what a like educated doll. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut. That's a rough one. Well, but they have the same chip or similar chip as one of the soldiers. And the soldiers, they're supposed to know how to, like, fight and know about, like, war and stuff. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? And the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, they were all given. <laughs> so my point Filipino is... Filipino war history. Yeah, yeah they would have. they would have known some war stuff. So that's how she would have brought that up. I wonder why you bring up a, a good point here that the soldiers were programmed with a lot of knowledge already in there. Yeah. But the Gorgonites don't know anything. Okay. That's because they're part zip it Matt. That bothered me so much because you this whole purpose is to fight, right? You want you want these soldiers to fight the quote-unquote monsters, but you're programming the monsters to hide? Like, the monsters are not even programmed to fight back. What's the point? Yeah, you think that when Gil was, like, coming up with this new narrative, that he would have insisted on the, like, a complete rewrite of the Gorgonite backstory. Yeah. Because they're just, they're, like, these kind, sweet little monsters... They just like want to live their life on, like their little, um, aura. What is it? Gorgon mm-hmm. island. Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Oregon. They're, They're little Oregonites, <laughs> which is what you call people from Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to go to Portland. <laughs> I guess that that's why they don't know anything, right? Because they they still have the nature of what Irwin wanted them to be, like inquisitive learn, wanting to learn yeah yeah and curious mm-hmm. but yet if they would have made them more violent that kind of would make for more entertaining well, play that, that, yeah that's the whole purpose right um do you guys like the gorgonites ariel i love them i love them so which much. ones do you like so i like archer mm-hmm. because, emissary of the gorgonites because he's wise. Okay. And he seems kind uh-huh. and smart and has, like, good heart, okay. you know? And then my favorite is Slam Fist. Is that the <laughs> troll? Yeah, it's the troll with we the big was rock. hiding. The one that's, like, a, he's, like, a Quasimodo. He's yeah. a quasi-Quasimodo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought he was so cute. Yeah. Shanley? Wait, I wasn't Okay, done. my bad, damn. And then I also really liked Oculus. The eyeball? Ocula. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. Aqualung? Oh. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Ocula. 
Shanley, Shanley what, do you, you what do you think about the Gorgonites? Do you like them? I actually didn't care. Besides Archer, I didn't care for any of the Gorgonites. They just seemed to me like a bumbling group of idiots. Did Ocula talk? No. 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 How about the little that orange one? That would be one? the sucky one that my parents got me. Well, <laughs> just, <laughs> the little orange one didn't talk legs, either, right? Was jumping around the one that was a in bunch. the fish tank? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it talked either, no. I, I count. Doesn't it count when it's jumping? It, well, maybe. it maybe made like a wee yeah. noise. Oh. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> that was spot on. <laughs> So you're not a fan, Shanley? No, I actually was way more um, a fan of the Commando Elites. Hell yeah. Well, we'll get back to the <laughs> Commando Elites. But I just want to wrap up this this whole thing real quick. I liked... Um, shoot, was the one who was like a stand-up comedian. Oh, I hated was that his name one, like dude. Freakazo- he was just like all, Freak- he was all upper body. Freakily. Uh, I did not he like spun him. around a lot. Yeah. I hated that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. <laughs> and I liked... Um, Is that the one that was rebuilt? No, that's Troglodon. And then they start calling him Frankie. Like Frankenstein. Is that the one that looked like a rhino? No, that one is... Like a rhino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget his name. He's the one who goes, And beyond that... He talks like that. I liked his design. I hated his voice. Mm. I hated all of the personalities of the Gorgonites except for Archer. You didn't like Slam Fists like Hell Ariel no. did? I couldn't stand him. Okay, well, so then now, Shanley, I want to go back to what you were saying before. Uh, the Commando Elite, you're a fan? Yeah. Okay. I feel like they were more interesting. Yeah. I feel like they had more personality. Mm-hmm. Um, they were more capa- capable, for sure. Yeah. They were more organized. I don't know. I feel like they were just more entertaining to watch. And they were funny. Yeah. Don't worry, Ariel. That's in a lot of our recordings. <laughs> Believe it or not. So so who? let's, let's get a ranking of your favorite Commando Elite, Shanley. It's okay if you don't know their names. But if you can maybe describe physical traits that you liked or certain ones' personalities, if you don't know their names. Um, hmm. But it's also okay if you don't know. They're just an ensemble. Yeah, to me, they're a complete ensemble. I can't necessarily remember which voice went with which face. Um, The one with the crazy teeth, though, was... I think there was a couple of them. That had like shark smiles. Yeah. Yeah. The oh crazy teeth like here look at this. It's cut up really high. Like yeah. Yeah. I think that was brick bazooka. The big arms. His arms get ripped off and then he gets reassembled. All of them have big arms. Mm. Come on. Yeah. That's why we're into a man in uniform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the one with the big teeth? You you liked him? Uh, I kind of liked him as like a a villain. I feel like. He, it was a good aesthetic, but it also creeped me out. Right. I think, again, it's like, oh, I think it's this good thing that I, he, I'm i kind of creeped out by this character. Yeah. I think the only one that I didn't like was Link Static. Mm. I think other than him, the rest of them were pretty cool. Which one was he? What he was, the, he was like the walkie-talkie one. The one who kills birds. I was just going to say that I hated him. <laughs> what a dick. He, his voice was annoying, and he was the, the least interesting, like skills 
He's the one that um, Chip Hazard says he needs to double his rations. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chip Hazard stole the show here, but the He's Commander so Elite good. are super cool. Do you think, Shanley, that you are predisposed to like the um, military guys because of your father? Because the girl always looks for her father? I mean, not necessarily that, but just like because an electric you complex? grew up admiring a military man. You know, like that was what you saw as like a positive male figure. Is that why you admire these guys? Yeah, I guess so. Cool. (laughs) And you grew up dismissing odd, monstrous creatures. Peaceful native creatures. (laughs) (laughs) I want to destroy the peaceful natives. So why you'd be hard pressed playing with these toys, thinking like the commando leader, the good guys, like look at them, <laughs> they, they all they all have cigars, yeah, <laughs> skull and crossbone belt buckles, <laughs> <laughs> sharp teeth, yeah. sharp pointy teeth, <laughs> where where all of the gorgonites have resting, whimpering faces, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so innocent. There, there's a, a really interesting dynamic here that I really like. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I don't think I am. I think I've I just followed kind of a thread here. So when we first see Major Chip Hazard and Archer um, on the like on the, the warehouse top. table, yeah. the first thing that Chip Hazard does is he pulls his gun on Archer. He's got like a Glock. Yeah. And then uh, the next time we see him, he doesn't have that gun. He's holding like a, like a compass, like a pointed yes. compass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has a great line there. He says, die with honor <laughs> or something. I think it's something like, face your death with honor, you coward, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's along those lines. Or meet death with honor, you coward. Yeah, meet death with honor, coward. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so at that point, he's holding the compass at him like an actual sharp object. Yeah. Okay, then then Major Chip Hazard ten huts and calls all of the uh, commando elite to fall in. He, he activates all of them, and he comes up to Kip Killigan, grabs his gun, and snaps it in half and says, standard issue, um, won't cut it, something along those lines. Mm. So I think... What happens off screen is he tries to kill Archer, but his yeah. gun doesn't work. So mm-hmm. then he goes and finds an implement that's actually dangerous. Yeah. And then by the time all the other commando elite are awoken, he's like, no, no, no. Our weapons are just plastic. They don't actually work. So we need to find, we need to create weapons out of the tools. And that's why they become more and more ingenuitive and lethal. Yeah. I love that. Well, I that's, never, that's I never why picked I was up saying, on that as, as a kid. I um, This movie has a lot of like... It's for sure influenced by Toy Story, where Buzz Lightyear doesn't realize that his weapon doesn't function. Right. These are smarter, and they instantly are like, oh, shit, these don't work. Like, we got to get better weapons. It's great. Start being resourceful. It's pretty cool, yeah. The, the I think the most brutal one is the one that shoots, like, corn on the cob. Yeah, that, yeah. Po- even as a kid, that drove me crazy. <laughs> he, 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 like, pegs Alan in the leg with, like, four of those. Yeah. Well, and then the thing that shoots nail darts. Was it a nail gun? Na- yeah. That's pretty bad, too. Or shooting flaming tennis balls. That's that pretty one, that one's not that. as bad. I, don't I liked that. that one, That was though. pretty cool. I thought it was smart. I really don't like the when Nick Nitro hits Alan with the Dremel. 
with the little like spinny like saw uh, the handheld saw thing yeah you need to stop with sounds. the dremel it's what it was so james is upset with me because we went to costco and i wouldn't let him get the dremel and i feel like he finds a way to bring it was it into the every movie i didn't now. even hammer it in i'm not saying that we should get one because that way when a toy comes to life it can cut you with it <laughs> i'm just saying they it's what he had and it was pretty painful i'm pretty sure we have a dremel but it doesn't. Ha- it's not a little saw. It's no, like, it's the it thing. Like it's the, the sound effects thing. that we play before yeah. a movie selection is chosen. Dremel, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dremels have different attachments that you can put onto the head, uh, so that it'll be like different things. Yeah, and yeah. serve we, different functions. So it can yeah, have a little have grinding wheel, or a saw, or like a, a mm. mixer to froth up milk. That yes. sort of thing. You didn't like that he used that, or it was just upsetting? Oh, that that just seemed the most, like, brutal to me. Yeah, just getting he, a little cut on the side of your hand. Yeah. On the like blade that. of your hand. But he, he, Nick Nitro uses that on Archer, and Archer, like, gets a fat gash in his arm, and Archer looks cooler with that. Yeah. Like that. He's like, it's like Battle Scarcher. Did you guys no. notice that the dolls blinked? Yep. What's yeah. the purpose of that? It's for realism. It's to make the experience more real for the purchaser. <laughs> I, I was surprised that they had articulating eyebrows for expressions. And that their mouths, like, formed words. Did they? I, I felt like they just opened that. and closed. I, I thought oh, no, so, they, too. They moved, like, different parts of their mouth Interesting. to say different words. Um, going back to these flaming tennis balls, did it bother no one else? That these they would land inside the house on carpet and just keep burning, but not catch anything else on fire. You know, the house you haven't fire. played with fire enough <laughs> because it's actually a lot harder to set things on fire than you would think. Oh no! Putting a flaming device. Everyone at home, get a tennis ball and light it on fire, and then put that on your carpet and see how long it takes for the carpet to catch on yes. fire. Yes, for just, science. Everybody, I think, was so useless in that because. There's flying tennis balls that are on fire, but then they land, and then literally all the people just stare at them. Like Instead of, like, dousing yes, it. Why isn't there one person it? that's in charge of trying to put them out? Ariel, I can't speak for you, but I know if toys came to life and were trying <laughs> to murder us, most people would probably kind of freeze up and not be <laughs> acting in a way that would make sense. I don't know. I mean, I've watched this movie enough where that's I think I we, can handle myself. That's why we need to keep you around, because you're prepared. <laughs> Are you a sm- small soldier's prepper? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a tennis racket. She's ready to go. That's really... This is my moped. It you know, can jump 35 yards over a moat. You know, while we are discussing uh, defense strategies against these uh, Commando Elite, Mm -hmm. did it bother anyone else when they're all in their vehicles and they're pursuing Alan and Kirsten Dunst? Yeah. That they didn't run towards them? Because I feel like you run away from them, and that's where all of their mounted weapons are facing. Okay. And so it's like you're moving in a straight line away from them where they're able to launch straight at you. If you went towards them, you could probably get behind them pretty easily, 
or just get next to them and then, and then lift them on. off of it or whatever. Or kick them, kick yeah. it over. You kick over all of their homemade vehicles. Pull off their limbs. Any of that yeah. is pretty easy to do once you just go near them. But I feel like running away when they've built weapons that shoot <laughs> straight forward seems pretty foolish. Yeah, I think um, my defense as a small soldier prepper would be kicking. They're they're very they're very short. You just knock them right over. You just a little kick, a little <laughs> kick over. How did no one call the police? She Kirsten did Dunst call does. the police, and the police thought she was lying. How did no one else in the neighborhood call oh, the police? Oh, yes. They thought, they could, agree they with thought that. Phil was watching the TV loud. They could have called the police for a plethora of reasons. Yeah. Not just saying, hey, little toys are attacking me, help. But saying, hey, my neighbor is blasting the TV super loud. Can you come over here and deal with that? Or uh, a couple teenagers just jumped out of the window of this house, and now it's on fire. <laughs> Can you come over here? <laughs> Something like that. What do you think the police would have done? Shown up. And then done what? You know, maybe know. they could have brought a broom. It's a and wealthy knocked <laughs> over a lot of the action figures with that. That that was actually the part that took me back to my childhood the most, where Kirsten Dunst's character thinks that if she's caught making a prank phone call to the police, that they'll send police officers over to arrest her. <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember when I thought that that would happen. <clears throat> I'm curious. Was anybody really, really into Christie's pink ha- headset for her uh, in-bedroom telephone? Did anyone else catch that? I did notice it, but I... No, I wasn't into it. Not into it. Shanley? Yeah, um, not super into pink stuff myself. I was hoping... Well, I guess it's it was too early for it. But in terms of bedroom technology devices, I liked the early 2000s, like somewhat translucent gem tone. Yes. Stuff. So. Huge fan of that. Yeah. The pink wasn't a win for me. Hmm. Kind of going back to the thing that you brought up, Jimmy, about the Dremel and how upsetting that was. Sure. For me, the most one of the most upsetting injuries. I, I think the corn on the cob thing is still number one, but when Alan is hanging from the transformers on okay. the electrical pole and Chip Hazard is just stabbing him in the hands with a tiny little blade, that bothered me a lot. Is it because he's only wearing like kitchen sink gloves? <laughs> he is wearing kitchen sink gloves. Yeah, I don't think that that's the part that bothered me. I it bothered me. That bothered. Why? What about that bothered you guys? I don't know. It was just so distracting. He was up on the power line and where it says like danger, high voltage. I just feel like you know he should have had more heavy duty, thicker gloves and not you know something that like, can rip so easily like kitchen sink gloves. I, I was going to say, well, we don't have anything more substantial than that, but we do. But we you were just, do. That, <laughs> yeah, the mitten. Yeah, we were just talking about my uh, oven mitt. Is My oven mitt can take a high-voltage electrical current and keep me safe. But could you climb a power pole or whatever the hell those no, things are called? No, I am uh, large and out of shape. So just the idea of getting tiny little knife wounds in my hands... That seems really upsetting. And at that point, Major Chip Hazard has really lost it. Like, his his face is burnt off, and he says to Archer, you seem like you have guts. And then he walks up to him with a knife saying, let's see what they look like. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. 
Did any of that sound like improv to you guys on Tommy Lee Jones's behalf? No. Really? I I mean, he says kind of terrible things throughout the whole movie. Like in the beginning when they first take um what was the family's name? The Thimble or Fimples? Fimple. Fimple, what a ugly last yeah. name. Yeah. Um he takes their son hostage <laughs> and they tape him up. And they straight up say, son, you can be a prisoner or a casualty. It's up to you. That's and brutal. It's just like, yeah. wow, okay, this kid's like, what, six or seven? Yeah, they, they're ex- extremely violent, which is which is fun. Is there a part of this where... where <laughs> so where, fun. Where Gil Mars talks about wanting more violence? Or, yeah, he says, call it action. People love action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the line. It's good. It's very good. I think there there's an aspect of this movie that it's like it's like a DreamWorks movie and DreamWorks was kind of like a direct answer to Disney and Pixar and so their intention was to kind of spoof Disney and give dark twists on Disney things like Jimmy you've brought up uh Toy Story and the clear references to Toy Story and then also there's the the Pinocchio reference that Phil makes and so this is this is very much an intentional like f- fly in the face of the Disney expectations, and it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's it's not um, it's not too over the top. It, I feel like this movie had a good way of fitting right into this niche area where maybe if this movie came out in the '80s, it would take itself a little too seriously about killer toys. But it also wasn't too slapsticky that like, oh look how silly a bunch of toys mm-hmm. trying to kill me. It 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 sticks the uh, the balance there pretty well, I think. Yeah. When did this come out? 1998. And when did Toy Story first come out? 95. Hmm. 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 Did you guys appreciate uh, that towards the end of the movie, uh, Slam Fist makes a Titanic reference? What a way to take this movie's comedic levels way over the top, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you say? They get into the dumb boat, and he says he doesn't hope they don't hit an iceberg. Classic. Okay, wait. So that dumb boat, the sail or the... The mast. Is that, the mast was broken, and the dad tried to fix it. That's when he found out that all the soldiers stole his weapons. Right. So how did they... F- oh, I guess what? there was enough time to fix the boat after all of this stuff happened. How long did it take... Or sorry, not how long did it take, but yes. But um, how did they survive the EMP? They hid under satellite. the satellite dish. Yeah. Yeah. Satellites protect you from EMP. So whenever you see an EMP in the sky, like, oh, shoot, that's an EMP, mm. you run straight to the satellite dish, hide directly underneath it. Nice. So did they know that that would work, or it just was, like, dumb luck? I feel like dumb luck. Yeah. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have had an opportunity to learn that, right? Was there, like, a... No, no. Archer yeah, clicked Arch- through the yeah. internet real fast. Mm-hmm. With his toe? It was kind of a Tarzan... At the projector, like speed learning. That I want to know. Yeah. That that was a kind of a funny thing that that he's on. Um, he's on Alan's Microsoft Encarta, and he and he goes Alan the title, 
Alan, friend of Archer, protector of all Gorgonites, which is kind of commuting him to a little bit more than he has done at that point. (laughs) Protector of all Gorgonites. Servant of all Gorgonites. (laughs) (laughs) And then keeper of Encarta. That's really good. I like that a lot. Mm. I am so surprised that this didn't get a sequel. There was only... the, The serve up of the like the sequel plot for this movie was more interesting than this one. I wanted to know of the Commando Elite being an actual warfare. I wanted to like require Alan to go search through the forest and find the Gorgonites and rope them back into this. That would have been a very interesting movie. What about you guys? Would you want a follow-up to the story? No. Well, they are just like remaking old movies so i wonder maybe then, they'll call it small tiny toy soldiers i think they will because that's a fantastic name <laughs> i could maybe go like it's a thousand years in the future and all that remains and archer and his band are living in like the post-apocalyptic hellscape that is earth uh-huh and they run across like their batteries are finally wearing out Whoa. And they need to procure a new power source, and they find, like, roving bands of, uh, what's it called, cannibalistic, like, <laughs> mutant folk. With chapless butts. Yes. <laughs> and they need to uh, try to steal their power source so they can keep living. So that the Gorgonites are the villains in this one. I mean, maybe, or maybe they're the good guys. Like, why would they be the bad guys? I mean, trying to steal somebody else's energy source. They're cannibals, survive. Matt. They don't have souls. That's a good point. Did I say yet that Alan Abernathy grew up to look a lot like young Charles Xavier? No, I didn't know James that. James McAvoy. Did he? They look pretty similar. I think actually this dude, Gregory, was it Gregory Smith, Smith or something? Uh, he's actually more handsome. Uh, but they do. he does look like him. But does he have that sexy Scottish accent? Yeah. Sick. He he developed that over time after surviving the Patriot. Oh, yeah, he did grow up. He does look like him, right? Yeah, I looked him up earlier, and I think he's handsome now. He looks like James McAvoy, but more handsome, right? And he married a a beautiful young lady. Who did he marry? I don't know, some blonde, I think. Xenon? Yeah, so he did this, and then he did Xenon, and then the next year he did Small... Or, not Small Soldiers. The small Patriot. Patriot. <laughs> small Patriot. In in the Patriot, he has... Aim Small Miss Soldier. <laughs> in in the Patriot, he carries Small Soldiers he does. in his pocket. It's a reference. It's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a shared universe. <laughs> He's the ancient ancestor of Alan Abernathy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole Back to the Future 3 situation. Yep. <laughs> Um, I love that how, sorry, we're not talking about the Patriot, but that he melts down the, the, the tin soldiers and makes musket balls out of it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's three years in a row. Those are, and that's the only movies that I can name from this kid. But he did this one first, then Xenon, then the Patriot. Do you need to do anything else? Yeah, once you, you do. <laughs> I that's, think once you've done that's three Xenon, years out of a full lifetime, you've done you probably do other things. You really made it. Mm-hmm. You don't think he's still living off that Xenon money? <laughs> oh, I don't think he needs to do more things for finances. I think he needs to do more things for personal fulfillment. Maybe he is. Maybe he's found the one thing that he's good at. Being handsome and mm-hmm. unemployed. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I support that. 
So we started this conversation talking about that we all had histories, and we talked briefly about how we felt about it before. Now or histories. Thank you. Snaps. Um, I'm curious. Upon rewatching this in our 30s, did did you enjoy it at this stage of your life? Why don't we start with you, Shanley? Yeah, I think I enjoyed it probably more than I did when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that might be? Um, I feel like there were probably quite a bit of jokes that went over my head at the time that I chuckled at now. Right. And, like, I think a big nostalgic factor, nostalgia factor, like, um, Spice Girls wannabe started playing. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I was actually excited. And then the mom was like, oh, I love this song. <laughs> and rather than, like, be like, oh, like, how embarrassing mom. I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm right there with you. <laughs> the embarrassing mom. Yep, that's she me. She was so funny. Which song were they, were they playing that was psychological warfare? Wannabe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know that Shanley and I and some other people performed that on her 21st birthday? Yep, we definitely did some drunken karaoke, and I've been told that we sounded awful. <laughs> Who said that? You did. No way. <laughs> also, most of us only knew the chorus, and then it got like uh, kind yeah, of weirdly quiet <laughs> for the rest of the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was. I'm, I'm sure. I know. I don't am think. Not a isn't good the whole singer, thing about karaoke that they sober. put the lyrics <laughs> up for you? I don't think you need to know all the words. Yeah, but some of it's fast. I can't sing read that fast. Yeah. Sing read. Well, yeah, sing and read, or read and sing. That makes mm. sense to me. Yeah. Is that a term you're coining? I think it's probably already a term that's been around sing read i like it in the context of karaoke it just makes sense <laughs> i see yeah what about you ariel seeing it in your authorities i believe that i liked it as a child and i still like it now i agree with shanley that i probably understood a lot more of the adult jokes than i did when i was a kid mm-hmm. but it's interesting because i think Alan, he's a little bit of a shit. <laughs> and and then Christy, she's maybe a little crazy. She is, right? Yeah. Because like once she like started beating beating up the the dolls, she like loved it, and she like <laughs> didn't stop. And then later, when she was on the lawnmower running over the dolls. She loved that so much too. And she definitely got like really oh, she got yeah. so much pleasure uh-huh. from killing, maiming. She's hurting. an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, I can and see did that. you notice that when, when they're when they're escaping and she's riding that like Vespa scooter thing? Yeah. She hits that like ditch that the Commando Elite crash into and she launches across it. And they sail like forty feet. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not that far of a drop, but she just launched off of it, and they were like comically like moving in a straight line, yeah. like yeah. no arch to their jump. No. It was just straight line in the air for like forty feet. It was pretty crazy. I mean, that's what happens when you jump on a moped, though. Yes, they, they're <laughs> very light, <laughs> aerodynamic. They, they glide. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. So, Ariel, you, does that come into play at all with why you like it more? Because 
Christy might grow up to be a serial killer? Is that something that it... <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I, yes, but also, I think that, like, re-watching movies from, like, my childhood and stuff, I just... I appreciate different things now, but I still like the things that I appreciated as a kid, so I think that it's just a deeper appreciation. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. Do you think you'll revisit this one, Ariel? Yeah. I, the thing is, I, I kind of feel like I probably watched this with my brother. So I think that next time I see my brother, I'm going to be like, hey, let's watch this movie. <laughs> That's like, hey, That's awesome. Yeah. I, I watched this movie three years ago, Tops, with my, my sister-in-law. And... She was like, oh, I hated that movie as a kid. It used to terrify me. I'm like, it's it's really fun. Let's watch it. She's like, all right, fine. We we had a movie night, popcorn, lights off and everything. And the credits roll, turn the lights back on. I was like, wasn't that a blast? She's like, it still scares the crap out of me. And wow. I was like, yeah, you're, you're an adult. <laughs> it, shouldn't, it shouldn't do that to you anymore. <laughs> I think we're going to need to examine this. So maybe you guys will have a good experience. That'll be different than the one that I had with my little sister. Yeah, I think I think my my brother will like it. <laughs> what if he was scared of it now? <laughs> I used to like this as a child, and now it scares the crap out of me. Well, then my plan's gonna be like if I'm sleeping over at his house, I'm just gonna like buy a bunch of GI Joe dolls and then just stage them all over the house. Smart. And then knock stuff over so it looks like they were like moving around. I think that would work. I think so too. <laughs> Hundred percent believable. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I definitely like it more as an adult. Like what Shanley said, I, uh, I just I couldn't get enough of Tommy Lee Jones's performances, as well all of the Commando Elite. I do love the Gorgonites, but the Commando Elite are just so funny and inappropriate. <laughs> and as an adult, I, I definitely can appreciate that more than I had as a kid. I, and I definitely like it in a different way. As a kid, I was like, oh, this movie's the coolest, edgiest thing in the world. They say bad words in this movie, which I don't think they actually do, but I remember thinking that as a kid. And and now I know that it's a silly movie, but it's it's also got some smarts to it that I appreciate. It's good. What about you, Jim? Uh, I liked this movie a lot when I was a kid. but So I feel like there's movies that came out in the early 90s or mid-90s that I spent years with and like kind of was like a little kid and thought it was funny and was a little bit older and liked it a lot and because it had been with me for so long I watched it again in my like teenage years and loved it. This one I think came in kind of late and so I didn't spend as much time with it and then like as I got older I didn't go back to it as much because it wasn't like right. when I go for a nostalgia movie. You it go wasn't, older. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of forgot a lot about this movie. And I don't think I liked it as much as I did when I was a kid. Okay. But I did still like it. I just, I like different things. Like, watching it now, I was really excited that David Cross Irwin has a um, lava lamp at his desk. I was like, <laughs> that's super cool. Like, and I he has one of those weird squeezy things. You know what I'm talking about? The the ball that they play with? or Oh, that that's cool. I have one of those growing mm-hmm. up, too. No, the squeezy thing where it's like, it kind of looks like a potato, and you squeeze it, and then the ears pop out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like a yes. stress reliever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. But yeah, so, I mean, like things like that were more interesting to me now. And then I just got hung up on other stuff. I mean, partially it's because of the nature of how we watch movies. 
for this podcast. <laughs> it's destroyed um, our viewing experience. But, like, it just pissed me off that the name of their store is The Inner Child. Like, I spent the most of the movie being like, this guy's an idiot. What a stupid name for a store. Wait, let's talk about that. Why is that stupid? It's a bad name for a store. You're not trying to attract adults to a toy store. You're trying to attract children. And okay. as a kid, I don't see a place called the Inner Child and go, "Oh, I want to go there." That's where a grandma goes. Like a no. grandma gotcha. goes to the Inner to Child to revisit your childhood, your inner child. I guess. Yeah, you want to sell toys to the outer child. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't want any violent toys, so he is actually selling to the adults because kids only store. like violent toys. Yeah, it's a bad name for a bad store for a bad man. <laughs> it's like all the kinds of toys that Santa's elves make in, in yes. Santa movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like a anything boat made out of wheels. wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a duck on a leash. Like yep. those sorts of things. <laughs> I I do kind of like that store though. I like the novelty of it. I wouldn't buy anything there. Did you notice that Toy World was just a store that had clearly banners stretched over the actual logo of the store? Yeah. <laughs> you noticed that? That was good. I appreciated that. Should we rank this mother effer? No, I have more oh, popcorns. Shoot. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm out of practice here. <laughs> popcorns, you guys? Um, I really loved the chemical warfare they had. Operation Sandman, where they put the sleeping pills <laughs> in I the love that. Gin and tonic. Oh, that was so good. That's so funny. I thought that was cute. Uh, Operation Sandman, that's good. That's a good name. I was really annoyed, so remember when... Alan goes to the store and sees that the commando elite have broken out of their boxes and attacked the Gorgonites. And he's like, I have to clean the store up before my dad gets here. And he spends like five minutes getting a big orange piece of paper and writing closed (laughs) on it in a marker and then taping that to the window instead of just either locking the door or how does this business not Not have a closed closed sign? (laughs) That's um, a great point. But also, if his whole thing is that no one goes to his dad's store, just lock the door. What One person's going to come, the door's going to be locked, and you just say, we're closed, and then they leave. And it's so funny because he takes the time to do that, puts the sign up, and then the first thing that happens, Kirsten Dunst shows up, and, and opens he opens the door. the door and goes, oh, sorry, we're closed. And then closes it. It's like, and, and I think he even says, did you see the sign? We're closed, or something like that. And it's like... Why did they think that was worth they taking put that up five minutes yeah. of the movie? <laughs> like, they could have just had her go to the door and he says we're closed. Yeah. It saved us all time. That how, is a great point. How do you guys feel about the Chet? Uh, I love the Chet. The, <laughs> the Chet what, what doll. What are we talking or about? The, like, the mascot, the, the outfit that the adult man wears to the pitch meeting. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? What is that oh, thing called? The costume? The, the the major chip hazard like mascot costume yeah, at the that thing was what? horrifying. They, I they was... have like go ahead. When did that happen? Yeah, it's like a it's almost like a press conference, but it's just internally. It's just Globotech is talking about their launch of the Commando Elite and there's like like a, a character costume like like would be at like Disneyland of Major Chip Hazard. Wow, I missed that. Oh. It's not Chet? No. <laughs> Major Chet has it. <laughs> Again, his dad. I really like that his head actually Is that why you didn't get why I was saying it was a pun? The proportion. <laughs> like, yeah, like a, a Major like Chet foreshadowing. 
there's always a major chet hazard <laughs> in, in this world yeah when you go see dave matthews there's a major chet hazard <laughs> oh wow yeah that's creepy i liked how his head actually looked like the doll and mm. i feel like the proportions are pretty spot on and he's like marching too he's like he's he's yeah. doing a good job yeah it's not like when you go down hollywood boulevard and see the you know oh, yeah knock off with the costumes. dirty costumes. <laughs> yeah. All the costumes are dirty. Looked, mm-hmm. A good like costume. Stink. It looked like him, and it was proportionally correct. As a fan. How handsome did David Cross look? Yeah, he's he's looking fresh there. I So he looks so young in this, and still bald. <laughs> did he just go bald at like 18? Because he looks like he's like 24 in this, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if he's quite that young. He but. looked great. He looked very youthful. Well, he was youthful. He made some toys. I have a question. How the hell did Slamfist activate? How the hell did any of the Gorgonites activate? You get the Commando Elite to activate by saying Ten Hut, which Major Chip Hazard, or the Chet, does, uh, and it causes them all to fall in. And then there's the Patton scene where Major Chip Hazard's addressing his his team in front of the American flag puzzle, and he says, Gorgonites. And then Slamfist wakes up. That doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to say, Halt, who goes there? Maybe they were all activated earlier in the day, and we just didn't see it. I'm called BS. Well, I don't think this movie knows what it's talking about. Also, why would hiding in a garbage be the like the first place to hide? They have low self-esteem. They that feel was like that's so they stupid. Also, he only bit that apple a handful of times and then threw away the apple. What there was jerk. still so much apple left. How come in movies there's always like that weird like stringy like package stuffing? It's sort of it's like a cardboard version of like Easter grass that's always in dumpsters in movies. You know what I'm talking about? No. You know like Easter basket grass? Yeah. There's like a there's like a paper version of that, and in in movies that's always in trash cans. No one knows what you're talking about, and it happens in this movie. Does anyone know what Matt's talking about? I like vaguely can like picture it, but I don't. I can't picture it in any other movie. Matt, it's not worth it. You know the part where Kirsten Dunst is talking to Alan about Family of Five, which is a clear like parody of Party of Five, right? You guys know you remember that show Party of Five in the nineties? No. I really? remember that it existed. It's like Nev Campbell, Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's pronounced Neve. Jennifer Neve Hewitt. No. Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Pfefferman. <laughs> uh the the only reason I bring up Party of Five is because they, they parody it in this movie. They say Family of Five. But then it's also interesting because the actor who plays Timmy Fimple, Christie's little brother, he was actually in the show Party of Five. That's interesting. He plays Owen, a little boy, in that show. Ariel, anything else you want to bring up before we wrap this up? Um, yeah. Who owns a Vespa? Italians. Yeah, but Christie owns one, and she's like, what, 15, right? Well, her dad owns, like, all things oh so we're thinking it's not hers i think the impression comes from a rich household yeah her dad is like just buys he has gear acquisition syndrome 
You know, I, I know someone like that. Who? My aunt's for, brother. First name and last name, please. Yeah, we do that on this <laughs> That's podcast. something that we like to do. I think his name is Matt. <laughs> I forgot that's your name, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know his last name, but Matt. Good. Shaley? One thing I kind of liked is the ransom tape that they have oh my gosh thank you Shannon. oh do you yes. like that yes i don't uh, remember that they yeah. film kirsten dunst and send it they shoot it through the window oh yeah and it's it's like an egg beater yeah that's funny i like that after she like says what she has to say and then it shows the gorgonites watching it one of them goes what else is on yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good I, I really like her being like yeah right uh, and they're like, read it how we wrote it. <laughs> Just, I'm giving the statement of my own free will and volition. So like, yeah, right. That's funny. I yeah, like I mainly liked how they were like, okay, we'll um, set her free, giving you guys to follow through with the following concessions. Number one, surrender the Gorgonite scum. <laughs> All right, that's it. So yep, do that. That's all. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, I mean, I have one thing to say that I think is clear, but I just really need to drive it home. Major Chip Hazard is, like, the coolest thing ever. He's not only a cool toy, but he's just, like, a cool dude. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with his whole thing that he's doing here, but damn, is he cool, right? Oh, you you don't like the genocide? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. In general, I'm not into genocide. I see, yeah. Parallelism. But, but he's freaking, he pulls it off, right? <laughs> There's a guy who could <laughs> really pull off genocide. I mean, if someone could, it's him. He could really turn a military phrase. Um, I was looking up Major Chip Hazard toys, and they just don't look as cool as the one in the movie. It's it's really frustrating. The facial expression is off. Like, the toys are a little bit less squinty than him, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. I I think that this movie doesn't work without Tommy Lee Jones as Major Chip Hazard. Oh, yeah. For totally. sure. Yeah. The voice is where it's at. Hmm. If no other popcorns, any quotes? Nah. Really? Nope. I really like the part where the commando elite are pretending to be the Gorgonites. Like, we gotta find Goron. It's Gorgon, moron. And then uh, one of them says, I hope he finds us before the awesome commandos. And one of them, who's pretending to be Gorgonite, goes, Yeah! Everything else is just a toy! (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> really good. I don't remember that at all. It's um, in Christie's house. Or no, no, it's in Alan's house. Right before they throw, uh, they string him up over the garbage disposal. I don't have the quote, but I do like when, um, is it Phil goes out to negotiate or to like... Surrender. Yeah, to surrender the Gorgonites. Uh-huh. And they, uh, I like that Chip Hazard's tough talking him and says... Uh, these negotiations are over and whatever. It's not a good story. I shouldn't have talked, but <laughs> but I liked it a lot. I liked him being all intense there. It's good. It's not I, good. 
I liked the part where where Timmy is um, playing with uh, the Commando Elite, and he goes, "You must yes. be the leader until one day." You get shot, and he becomes the leader. And Killigan goes, "It wasn't my idea, Major." <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> I did like. I think it was Butch Meat Hook, but I get what you're saying. Was it? I don't think it was Killigan, just because that's the only voice that stood out to me from the rest of them. So I think I would have remembered if Denslow said it. Ted Denslow, billionaire? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just I thought the the scene that encapsulates the absurdity of this movie is a giant face punch to Larry, and then your toys nearly killed my son. Must have been hard to deliver that line. <laughs> oh, good. That reminds me of one other popcorn that I have here. Okay. So it was funny watching this. I looked over at Shanley and Ariel and said, "Dude, like." I would be concerned about my family being attacked during all this. Right. But I would mostly be stoked thinking about how much money I'm about to get in the settlement for this. Because, like, I'm an adult now. And just seeing this and be like, dude, I'm suing the shit out of these people. Like, I'm never going to work again. This is going to be amazing. And we had a long conversation, the three of us, about how much money we think is appropriate in excess of the, like... Property, property damage. damage. Um, so, yeah. But I was saying that, and then at the end of the movie, when the um, when Gil shows up and starts handing out checks, we were all like, "Dude, how much money is it that all of them are like? You can't just pay us off." And then they Ooh, get the check. Like, oh, thank you. All right, <laughs> we're cool. Thanks. I love that. How much money would it take, Matt? I mean, I'm I'm a simple man. Six bucks. I'm like, oh, well, well, well. Look no, at money to me. Seriously, how much money do you want? All two, it, two million. It's your property plus what number? A million. One million dollars? Yeah. Wow, Matt's the cheapest of us. So I initially said five million. But how do you value safety? Right? But then Jimmy and I and Shaylin were talking about it. And I think... We agreed on fifty million. Okay, we really ramped up. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, so my thought process is, I don't think it's unreasonable to say I want to get paid an amount that I don't ever have to work again. And so you you started with that and then calculated how much I would it take did. for me to never. Well, so work I again. said, okay, let's say I'm giving myself a generous salary, but also accounting for the fact that inflation will come, and I'm saying two hundred thousand a year. So 200000 a year for, let's say, I have 50 more years of life. Solid. That was something like uh, $25 million. And then there's me and Shanley. Okay. So $50 million right there. Brilliant. That would be nice. That would be nice. Then, then plus whatever property. At that point, would you move or would you just rebuild your house on the lot that you already own? Uh, I would definitely not continue to live next door to Phil. So <laughs> I would move. Good point. Yeah. Do you think they that like the Abernathys got any charges pressed on them for like all the public property they destroyed while fighting? No. The Commando Elite? No? Uh-huh. You just get away with that, huh? Or blowing Transformers? Go, go, or... I think the company would end up being liable. Hmm. 
I forget what the word is for it, but it's something like the like deep pockets uh, philosophy or something. Sick. Uh, it's like a legal thing, but okay. it's not the t- people who are most at fault who get sued, but it's the people who have the most money that you can attribute fault to. That's nice. So because the Abernathy's run a failing business that's a front just so their dad can have an affair, um, <laughs> they're not going to be able to pay out much. So the city and everyone would be suing the company. Okay. I'm into that. You think there's a possibility that it's a, it's like a weird role-playing game that Stuart and oh, Mrs. Abernathy sure. are playing? Like, no, like, what, oh. if, what if he's not really cheating on her? He, he just goes and he's like, hi, I'm your tennis instructor. No. No? Definitely not. You don't think his going to the airport was him putting on his short shorts and being I don't think instructor? that he can convincingly play the tennis instructor. <laughs> yeah, you can't convincingly play tennis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. All right, cool. Rankins? Rankenstein. Who wants to go first? Ariel, because we've never heard your rankings. This season, in case you need a reminder. Yeah. We have... Three ninjas, okay. small soldiers, mm-hmm. the rock, and who knows the last one? Not Matt. Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Okay, so I'm gonna say three ninjas, small soldiers, Varsity Blues, the rock. Hmm. Strong order. Matt hates okay. three ninjas. Yeah, because he's the baby ninja of your. Of your siblings, you're the baby ninja. I am. And just in life. That's my uh, breakdancing name. Shanley, what about you? Kind of surprised, but I think so- Small Soldiers goes to number one. Nice. That's number great. two, Varsity Blues. Number three, Three Ninjas. Is that just because of the, uh, like, three with three? No, I think it was just um, how easy they were to watch. Mm hmm. I enjoyed all of the movies we've watched so far, but I feel like rewatch element now. Small Soldiers is way easier to watch. Varsity Blues as well. I like Three Ninjas almost as much as Small Soldiers, but rewatching, I think it would just drag a little bit. And then The Rock is on rock bottom. It really is. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't as enjoyable of a walk- watching experience compared to the other movies. Yeah. Gotcha. Jimmy, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Three Ninjas is probably not as good as Small Soldiers. But I do think I'm more likely to recommend it or watch it on movie night than right. Small Soldiers. And that's what it's about. So I think it would be... Uh... Varsity Blues, Three Ninjas, and Small Soldiers are all really close. The Rock is definitely last. I'm just going to say, for right now... Varsity Blues, Three Ninjas, Small Soldiers, The Rock. Interesting. Sometimes I feel like once we start adding more things to this list, it kind of, like, it better expresses the way that we feel about it. Because, like, even though... Like whatever's number four on our list right now, that's that's dead last. But once you once this list is up to twelve and it's remains close to four, then that puts it on the top. Sometimes I 
Like, I feel like at this level of the game where there's so few movies, it, it doesn't exactly... Sure. Like, yeah. Did we determine all of our movies were 90s movies? Was Varsity Blues 2000 or... I forget. Um, I have it written. 92, 99, 96, 98. Nice. We are living in the bliss right now. Okay, cool. Uh, my rankings, I got Varsity Blues... As a close number one with Small Soldiers. I just think Varsity Blues has more entertaining performances. Small Soldiers has Tommy Lee Jones, but that's kind of all it's got with regard to fun fun acting performances. So Varsity Blues, Small Soldiers, Three Ninjas, The Rock. Those be our rankings. Woo! And now it's the worst time of the month. So it's it's my turn to spin, but Ariel, you're here. Do you want to spin for me? Yes, please, And the, please. they'll still be my nominees, but I think that, you know, we're appreciative of you having come and join us, and you've been such an important part of developing this podcast. So what you got to do, though, is you, because we're really high tech here, you have to spin this wheel app and hold it close to the microphone. Do I, like... If you tap it, it, if you tap it, it'll spin. But you can also like swipe, and it's much more satisfying to swipe. Oh, you did like a back first and then spin it. Yeah, like Price is Right. Yeah. Venn diagram. Yes. Oh wait, so she's got to spin it two, two more, more times. times. Oh. Do you know what Venn diagram is, Ariel? Yeah. So it's the two circles and they overlap. So the two movies. Ha- have to go and then so the movie you choose has to meet both of those things yeah so you get you get to spin two more times i'm excited for this how cool we've not done this one yet cranberry juice period piece <laughs> okay oh wow that sounds gross <laughs> it's a period piece but the official title is <laughs> is cranberry juice <laughs> So it's got to be a period piece and a... Yeah! <laughs> Nicholas Cage filmography, oh baby! Oh, my God. Good. Hell yeah. A Nicholas, so it's got to be a Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage period, period piece. piece. Oh, that's going to be good. Wow. Ariel, you just had the full Weekly Watch Wheel experience. You were on the podcast, you spun the wheel, and you got Nicholas Cage. There is so far nobody who's been on this podcast who hasn't spun Nicolas Cage, <laughs> including you as our guest That's host. That's awesome. Um, I, normally, this is the part of the show where we try to come up with things in that category, but I think this is maybe too slim to try to do that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. This shouldn't be that hard to do, because he's got a robust filmography. He's got a lot of movies. So, this is going to be... Maybe the best group of nominees ever. I think that Ghost Rider is a period piece. <laughs> because it because of the old west parts of it? Sure. <laughs> I think that we have to it has to be a movie <laughs> where the majority of the the screen time is set in uh, a time different than, than the release. Yeah? The majority. Um, I do... Mm, okay. Go ahead. No, no. Say it. 
I was going to say, I do want to suggest one. But I, I get it. It's annoying when we step into, like... Well, I, I don't think one can hurt. Well, why don't you give give? Well, one. I was going to say we should all do it just because I want to do it. I don't actually care what anyone else says. No, just just give us one <laughs> as an example. Well, the first one I thought of was uh, the Crudes. It is a period <laughs> piece. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it takes place in the period of prehistoria. Yeah. Huh. I really like that movie. Mm. I Spoiler love alert that I won't choose it. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to have many other options, dude. Yeah. He does a lot of movies that take place like at the time. Oh, I know what you're going to pick. Okay. We'll see. Oh, wow. Okay. There's some options. I keep picturing him as Van Helsing, which is funny because he was <laughs> not Van Helsing. <laughs> it's Hugh Jackman. But can you see that? Do you, no. You can't visualize what I'm visualizing here? Do you know that Hugh Jackman used to be a PE teacher? That lines up. He would have been a great teacher. I he think so, a, too. He is in a movie called Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Kirsten so. Dunst in that movie? Yeah. Sick. Well, that's exciting. Well, wait, Ari- wait. So, Ariel, how was your full Weekly Watch Wheel experience? I loved it. I like talking into these little microphones with these little soundproof things over them. Is it to shield the sharp S's? It's mainly the P's. It's the P's. I feel the- that P's don't... They're called um, plosives. They, those don't bother me, but sharp S's really hurt like my ears. I can't do it good. The whistle kind? I bet that's going to sound real nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it really helps with that. I think you you can EQ those things out. Uh-huh. It really what it does is it stops the air from hitting the the microphone diaphragm. <sighs> yep, didn't even hear that. Really? That's disappointing. I know. I tried really hard. <laughs> I mm. totally heard it. Oh, okay. Well, we we loved having you. We hope you'll come back again. It was fun. We'd love to recast my part for you from now on. <laughs> That'd be great. But you're a little chatty Kathy. You need to be the leader. I'm not the leader. Shanley's the host of the podcast, and she reluctantly allows Jimmy and me to be on it from time to time. No, Ariel, if you were to join more often, I would pass on the host responsibilities to you. <gasps> mm. But like Alan Abernathy... Shanley can't entrust that to neither Jimmy nor me. <laughs> We're just puppet leadership. Alright, cool. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. It was a fun movie, and we thank everybody for listening in. However, you got access to this podcast if you listen to our selection and then into this one or just this one we hope you'll come back again because we will see you next week on movie night right here on the weekly watch wheel definitely uh check us out on instagram at the weekly watch wheel we post all the movies that we watch on there and also matt let's go ahead and replug your uh Sweepstakes. Your sweepstakes, I guess. Is what we're calling the sweep kikwash wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so leave us leave us a review and when we catch your review, if you can 
find a way for us to get in touch with you, maybe shoot us an email as well, then we will contact you and give you the opportunity to come up with a category and put it on the wheel. And maybe someday we'll spin it. That'd be awesome. So please do leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify and Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> Podbean. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. We'll see you next week on Movie Night right here on the Weekly Watch Wheel, where we'll watch a Venn diagram between cranberry juice and... No, we don't say that part. Matt shouldn't have put in a reminder of what it was, but he did. Because we would definitely forget. And Nicolas Cage Filmography. Movie. Darn it, I forgot at that time. <laughs> Man, we're good. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Hey, gang, before you leave, just wanted to say, hope you're liking season two of the Weekly Watch Wheel. If you are, please follow us on Instagram at the Weekly Watch Wheel. Also, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, whatever you're listening on. Give us a review or reach out to us on Instagram. Let us know how you're doing, how you're liking the podcast. Love to hear from you. See you next time. It's the Weekly Watch Wheel.